God bless you today. Did you come to hear the Word of the Lord? Praise God. I'll tell you, Brother Rex Johnson preached to my heart last night. I certainly could identify with what he was saying to us about his experience and about the Word of God. Praise the Lord. I've come to try to give to you what the Lord has given to me after prayer and fasting and seeking God for this camp meeting. And I'm not going to try to take in the whole spectrum of the Word, just a little uh, subject, little topic the Lord placed on my heart. Uh, Brother A.D. Varnado uh, told me that years ago when he was a young boy and he was courting, that had to be a long time ago, he's uh, way up in his 80s, he said him and the other boys that was going courting, they were talking about uh, what they was going to tell their girlfriends. And uh, so his dad told him, said, all oh, you boys said, uh, you need to shut that up, said, you're going to go over there talking about what you're going to tell them, and then you're going to come home talking about what you wish you had have told them. And so uh, I imagine I'll leave today thinking about what I wish I would have said. But I'm not going to try to tell you everything I know. I'm not going to be like the little boy that um, his mother sent him to the store to sell some butter. Had some uh, butter churned, and she sent him to the store to sell the butter. She told him, said, now, son, when you get to the store, uh, you tell the man that I want 50 cents a pound for this butter. But if he won't give you 50 cents a pound... Then you tell him that you'll take 35 cents a pound and uh, sell it to him. He said, all right. So he took the butter, walked in the store, and laid it on the counter, and said, Mama wants 50 cents a pound for this butter. But if you won't give her 50 cents, she'll take 35 cents. The man, of course, paid him 35 cents. And uh, so the boy got the money and started out the door and the... Old storekeeper stopped him. He said, son, come back just a minute. He said, I want to tell you something before you leave. Give you a little bit of advice and salesmanship. He said, now, let me tell you something. When you go to sell something or do anything, don't tell everything you know. He said, uh, if you would have told me you wanted 50 cents a pound for the butter and wouldn't have said anything else, said, I'd have give you 50 cents. So in the future, don't tell things like that. Don't tell everything you know. The little boy looked at him, and he said, Oh, I didn't. He said, I didn't tell you the cat fell in the churn. So uh, I'm not going to try to tell you everything I know today. <laughs> Amen. But I hope I can share a little bit with you. Praise God. Amen. But you're going to have to want to receive something to get it. Isn't that right? Amen. If you don't want to go, I'm not going to try to lead you. But if you want to go, let's, let's ask God to take us somewhere today. What do you say? Amen. I don't want to be like the Boy Scout that showed up at the meeting all skinned up, scratched up, and beat up. Somebody said, what happened to you? He said, I got all scratched up doing my good deed for the day. And they said, well, what did you do? He said, I helped a little old lady across the street. And uh said, well, how in the world did you get scratched up doing that? Helping a little old lady across the street. He said, she didn't want to go. And uh so if you don't want to go today, I don't want to get all scratched up. But if you want to go, I want to go somewhere. Don't you? Praise God. Would you stand together for the reading of the Word of the Lord? And let me get right into my lesson here today. <clears throat> and I've got some brethren that's going to help me here a little bit later on. And uh, would you mind if I just made myself at home today? Praise God. Now, if you hadn't figured it out by now, behold, I am a country boy. Amen. And uh, I just wanted to tell you in case you was wondering. Praise God. Sister Young was on to me about telling them I was raised at Gina. 
She said, you're not from Gina, you're from Galvin's Creek. And uh, so that's where I'm from. Joshua chapter 4, <clears throat> beginning at verse 1 and reading down through verse number 9. Praise the Lord. Joshua chapter 4. Now, as I said yesterday, I'm not going to try to be a fireball evangelist. <clears throat> that's really not my ministry as such. But I'm going to try to teach today and slow down just a little bit. Talk to our hearts and endeavor to help us in our walk with God. Joshua chapter 4. Why don't you read with me again today? I see so many Bibles. I appreciate you bringing them. Let's begin at verse 1 and read down through verse 9. We'll pause at the commas, colons, semicolons, and periods, and all of that. And that way we can stay together. All right, let's read. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest which bear the ark of the covenant stood. And they are there unto this day. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> the Bible says that these stones are there unto this day. Now that doesn't mean that they are there in 1988. Whenever you read a statement in the Bible and it says that it is there unto this day. The book of Genesis, whenever Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt, Genesis says, and it is there unto this day. It doesn't mean that it's there right now. It simply meant that it was there when that book was written. And it existed then, and it was visible or available at that particular time. So whenever the writer of this book states that the stones are there unto this day, that is exactly what he is talking to us about. Now, today I want to talk to you about these two uh, uh, memorials or two piles of stones that the children of Israel, two heaps of stones that they erected, and the spiritual meaning of these stones that they set up. Now, the, <clears throat> the theme for this camp meeting of 1988, the 74th annual camp meeting of the United Pentecostal Church, is a fresh commitment. And I would like to make a fresh commitment to God in this camp meeting of prayer 
and to praise and to worship. Praise God. And I trust today that somehow in this lesson that I could challenge you to be more committed and more dedicated to the work of God than you have ever been in the past. Now, the lesson today, the setting, the context of the lesson is very, very familiar to all of you that are Bible students, to you that are saints of God, and especially to the pastors. I imagine that most every pastor of a few years or evangelist of a few years has uh, used this subject, used this particular setting as a basis for a message. So nothing new today, just a reminding and a stirring up of our minds about the situation with the children of Israel at this particular moment. You know the story, how that they had been wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. In fact, uh, at this particular time, they are somewhere around the 42-year mark. Since they had left Egyptian bondage, they had offered the Passover and uh, got ready to leave. We are right up to the 42-year mark of whenever they were commanded to leave Egypt's land. And here we find them today, after these 40 years of wandering, after all of the time that they have spent, Moses is dead, uh, his body has been buried and taken where Israel could not find it, and now Joshua, that great man of God, has taken over to lead the children of Israel. They have uh, given two and a half tribes their inheritance on the eastern side of the Jordan River. They are now getting ready to cross over into the land of Canaan. They are getting ready to conquer the other nine and a half tribes' possession and inheritance. And so there's got to be some sanctification. There's got to be some preparation for this particular time. And Moses gets them ready, and they get ready to cross over the Jordan River. And he tells them exactly what he would like for them to do in relation to their crossing over. Now, I can just imagine from experience how that Joshua felt whenever he began to talk to the children of Israel and tell them, now, the way we're going to get across this river is I'm going to have the priest march down to the edge of the river and walk out into it bearing the Ark of the Covenant. And whenever they get down into the water, God's going to part the waters. I can imagine how many times he heard well, Brother Moses didn't do it that way. The last pastor we had didn't do it that way. Now, I'm sure that nobody's ever thought of anything like that or had that kind of a thought, but I'm sure some Israelites did. They said, I just wonder why Joshua's doing it that way. Why didn't he take a rod and stretch it out? But you see, God's method is not always the same, and the men are not always the same. But thank God He's still leading us and He's still guiding us. And we've got men of God to lead us. Whatever their me method and means might be to accomplish the work of God. And so uh, Joshua is telling them what that they are to do and how that they're to prepare for this particular situation. They're getting ready to cross over. They're just north of the Dead Sea, just across the Jordan River from Gilgal and the city of Jericho. In fact, if you'll do just a little research, you'll find that when John the Baptist was baptizing, some 1,400 years later, he was baptizing at Beth Abara, or Abara, whichever way you want to pronounce it. And uh, 
whenever he was baptizing there, Beth Abara means the house of passage. That was where the children of Israel crossed over uh, hundreds of years before. You see, Moses led Israel to the Jordan River, and he turned it over to Joshua. Uh, uh, the Bible tells us and teaches us that John the Baptist was baptizing in the Jordan River, and then we find that our Jehoshua of the New Testament, Jesus Christ, come and assume the role of leadership. Praise God. Uh, Moses led them so far. Joshua took over. John the Baptist brought them to the same river. But Jesus took over. And he said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. And many of his disciples left him, followed him no more. And they started following Jesus Christ. Praise God. But in this memorable occasion that we're studying about here today, these heaps of stones that they're piling up. Now let me tell you what I believe that Israel did at this particular moment. And then we'll let me lay the foundation here and then we'll get into the spiritual aspect of the lesson just a little bit later. Joshua had the priest uh, take the Ark of the Covenant and uh, go down to the River Jordan. It was overflowing. It was the time of the harvest. It was flood time. The banks were overflowed with the river. And uh, he wanted the priest to go down and walk out into the water. The people had sanctified themselves. They were ready to go. And uh, whenever they stepped into the river, the Bible tells us that he began to pile up with the heat. And the children of Israel were able to cross over on dry ground. Now that's no uh, strange or new expression or teaching to you today. You understand all of that. But the thing that I want to emphasize today is the fact that whenever Joshua started leading them and they started to cross, all of a sudden God speaks to him in the midst of this passage across the Jordan River and says, I'll tell you what I want you to do, Joshua. We're going to do something a little different here today. I want you to take up 12 stones uh, and, and select 12 men to carry these stones. And I want you to take these stones and put them in the Jordan River. Now, I want you to visualize with me today. The Jordan River is parted, and uh, the ground has become dry, and the waters are heaping up because it's harvest time, and the waters are overflowing the banks. And he says, Now, I want you to take these stones and walk down into that uh, basin and down into uh, the, the bed of the Jordan River and set up these 12 stones. And then... While you're down there setting up these 12 stones, I want these same men to pick up 12 stones, bring them out of the Jordan River bed, and bring them up to the other side, over into the land of Canaan. And I want them to set up these stones over on the dry bank of the Jordan River on the western side, <clears throat> over in the inheritance of the nine and a half tribes. And uh, I want them there for a memorial unto your children, that whenever they ask what meaneth these stones, that you can tell them. But I want you to be very careful that you put uh, these other twelve stones down in the water, or where the water's going to be. And then when the water covers it up, it's going to be hidden. Now, that's the hidden memorial. That is the hidden stones. And then here are the stones that are visible. Here are Here is the heat that the children of Israel can identify with. And uh, this signifies to us 
the burying of something and also the resurrection of something, the laying down and the picking up, the putting behind some things and the looking forward to some things. We're going to bury some things today. Thank God. And we're going to pick up a new life. We've been wondering for 40 years. We've been fighting problems. We've been griping. We've been complaining. We've been murmuring. We've been rebelling against Moses. We've had all kinds of things happen. But thank God, we've got a new generation. Amen. We've got the young men. We've got the young women. We've got the warriors. Praise God. They've been raised on the manna. They have been fattened. They are ready for the battle to fight the giants of Canaan's land. Praise God. Let me tell you, friend, that manna was something. It fed the, it fed the leaders. It fed the babies. It fed the women. It fed the generals. It fed the priests. It fed the standard bearers. Hallelujah. I want you to know that God's Word today is good for all of us. It's good for the preacher. It's good for the preacher's kids. It's good for the saints. It's good for the sinner. Praise God. And it'll feed your soul if you'll listen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. You may say, well, I get tired of the same thing every day or all the time. Israel did too. And that got them in trouble. You know, I noticed Jesus, Jesus never fed people but three times in the Bible. And He fed them the same thing every time, fish and bread. <clears throat> Amen. So don't feel bad at your pastor for preaching the same message. Hallelujah. Fish and bread's still good, isn't it? Manna's still good. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, <clears throat> um, here they are. All of the older generation has passed away because they rebelled against the plan and the will of God. You know, I got the, uh, every preacher, I don't know how many preachers has told me in this camp meeting, said, Brother Coon, I won't be here tomorrow, I won't be here such and such a day, I've got to go preach a funeral. My, my, it seemed like every time you turned around, and I'm not complaining, and uh, no, no ill will meant. When I say this, seem like every time you turn around, it's a funeral, it's operation, it's sickness, some kind of a problem. I got to thinking about Paul Moses. Uh, I felt sorry for myself one day. And I thought, well, what about Brother Moses back there? And I got to figuring up. And you know what? Just with the men of Israel. Did you know that in those 40 years of wondering that he had an average of 41 men's funerals every day? My God, you talking about funeral sermons. He did some funeral preaching, brother. Forty-one a day, 365 days a year for 40 years. My God, that's too many funerals for me. Amen. But uh, that's how many they had. And uh, they're all dead now, except Joshua and Caleb. They're the only two old-timers left. Thank God for these old-timers on the platform. I love them, don't you? Hallelujah. reason I love them so much more than I used to is because I'm getting there myself. Hallelujah. Y'all noticed I helped them down. So when I get to sing in that choir, somebody help me down. Praise God. But uh, all of this crowd is gone. <clears throat> and uh, now it's time to cross over to the other side. But friend, it is time also for them to bury some things. It is time for this new generation to see the miraculous power of God. Our generation today needs another crossing. 
Praise God. We need another spiritual circumcision as they had in Gilgal when the reproach of Egypt was rolled away. Friend, that was when God got Egypt out of Israel. He had had them out of Egypt for 40 years physically. But thank God He finally got the spirit of Egypt out of Israel. Brother, I don't want to just be out of the world. I want the spirit of the world out of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says that day Joshua was exalted in the eyes of Israel. Every generation needs an exalted opinion of leadership. Amen. That day the miracle working power of God was manifest. After they crossed over and they eat the old corn of the land, the manna stopped, and they celebrated the Passover, and they worshiped God at Gilgal. The reproach was rolled away. And my, my, we have come to a generation. I'm talking to apostolics today. Jesus' name, Pentecostal people. Brother, if there's anything we need today, we need another crossing. We need another Gilgal. We need another respect for leadership. Hallelujah. We need another circumcision, not of the flesh, but of the heart. Glory to God. We need to see the miraculous in our generation. We need to see the power of God in our day today. Hallelujah. And I believe that God is going to give it to us. He's brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. Praise God. And I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Now, I want you to... <coughs> I want you to preach with me here for just a few minutes today. And uh, I want you to walk with me through the Word of God as I try to uh, impress into your heart and into your mind what God is trying to say to us today. Now let me start off here today with this heap of stones that the children of Israel took down into the bed of the Jordan River. That was eventually going to become a hidden memorial. It was going to become a thing that represented the past. Now, I've already told you that for 40 years, they had been performing funerals at a rate of 41 men a day. They had been uh, murmuring and complaining. They'd gone through Korah. They'd gone through the snakes. They'd gone through all kinds of situations. The bitter water. They had gone uh, through all of the leadership of the Spirit. They had fought the giants. They had fought the Ammonites. So many, many things had happened to them. But brother, I'm sure that there were some spirits that were hanging on to them. And God knew that whenever I take Israel into Canaan's land, there needs to be a bearing of the past. Praise God. And friend, in every one of our lives, there comes a time that we have to lay aside the weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Praise God. We've got to put some things in the past. The stones of failure. The leprous stones that would bring defilement. That would bring insecurity. That would destroy us. Brother, there's some things of our past that needs to be buried under the miraculous waters of Jordan today. Hallelujah. That touch of God that Brother Johnson preached to us about last night needs to touch every heart and every life in this building today. Praise God. I pray God will roll back to Jordan today and we can bury some things and we can put some things in the past and we can march on to the other side with the victorious touch of Almighty God upon us. Hallelujah. 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 Now, notice they took up 12 stones. <clears throat> and uh, 
I want to, I'm, I'm going to take the Bible today and I'm going to name these 12 stones. Now, if you want to name them something else, you put your own individual name on it. But in studying the Word of God, I find several, several expressions, especially in three distinct passages of the Bible that has this to say to us. It talks about putting off and laying aside and uh, getting rid of some things. Now, if you will study that very closely, it's like taking off your jacket. It's like taking off a cloak and you lay it aside and uh, you put it away. You get rid of it. It doesn't mean that you hang it up in the closet to wear in case you ever need it. But it is an abandoning of some things. Now, we're going to put these stones in the bottom of Jordan. And uh, there's no way after the touch of God comes that you're going to be able to get back to them again. And the apostles, the writers of the New Testament tell us some things that we need to get rid of. Now, uh, <clears throat> you brothers ready for me? Brother Brian's helping me out. Brother Donald Bryan. Now, so you can see today, this is the Jordan River right here, okay? I'm standing right in the middle of the river, all right? And the waters is rolled up way over here. And we fix them to bury the past. We're going to gather up some stones from over yonder from where we've been wandering around for 40 years. And we're getting ready to get rid of this. Praise God. Down here in the Jordan River, the waters are piled up. Amen. All right. Now, brothers, you might have to hold on a few minutes here because I'm going to preach a little while we go. And so if you get tired, just um, just hold on, okay? Praise God. Now, he that is without sin, cast the first stone. All right. Hallelujah. Somebody said, what you going to do with all them rocks? I said, we're going to stone the superintendent. <laughs> Not really, Bishop. We, we, we love you. Praise God. Let me tell you. Now, here's, here's the scriptural basis for this. In the book of First Peter chapter 2, the apostle Peter said this, Wherefore, laying aside all malice. Everybody say malice. Malice. All right, Brother Brian, come up here with that old stone of malice. We're going to lay that thing aside. Put it right down here in the Jordan River. And in a few minutes, bless God, we're fixing to cover up all the malice in the United Pentecostal Church. Wish, wish, wish. Hope, hope, hope. Praise God. We're fixing to bury all of the ill will, all of the evil intentions. Praise God. We, we've been a griping and a fussing for 40 years. And we've been a complaining about all of this stuff. But thank God we're in the midst of a miracle meeting. And we're going to bury some malice in the Jordan River today. We're going to quit feeling bad, having malicious feelings toward our brother and toward our sister and toward our fellow man. Ill will and ill intentions and the maliciousness of our heart. It's time to bear it. I'm tired of the griping. I'm tired of the complaining. I'm tired of the fussing, Joshua says. Let's bear it once and for all in the Jordan River. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I'd like to get rid of any ill will that may be in my heart. You say, well, I don't have any problem with that. I have along the road. Amen. God bless you if you hadn't. Amen. I don't, I don't have any more milk boxes today. Thank God. <laughs> Amen. My pastor, I used to hear Brother Marvin Gewin say, bless his heart, his wife's here. Used to be my pastor and uh, used to cut my hair. 
believe it or not. The only time I ever changed hairstyles was when he was my pastor. And I thought it might be a sin, and I went and asked him would it be a sin if I parted my hair in the middle. Now, you're talking about a gray-headed coon with his hair parted in the middle. Now, he's a dude. Amen. But he used to tell us, I'd rather sleep with a wet dog than a guilty conscience. Because he said, I could kick the wet dog out, and I can't kick the guilty conscience out. Praise God. Brother, I don't want to sleep with any malice. I don't want to live with any malice in my heart. Praise God. Let's put that stone in the very bottom of the Jordan River today and say I'm leaving any feelings I've got behind. Praise God. Because I'm ready to cross over and we're going to have a revival on the other side, but we got to get rid of this malice first. Praise God. And then he said to lay aside all guile. Come on, let's bury that in Brother Tullus. Let's bury that old guy. Praise God. If you brothers are tired, you can sit down over there. And uh, I'm going to be preaching here for another hour. I don't want to kill you over there. Okay? Praise God. They may be stoning me here in a minute. But you know, guile is simply nothing but just deceit and trickery and all of that. All kinds of duplicity and and uh, and trying to connive and wiggle your way out of things and into things that are not right. God save us from having guile in, in the apostolic ranks and among God's people today. Hallelujah. There needs to be a bearing of our craftiness and of our deceit. Hallelujah. Listen to me, friend. You don't have to be deceitful and guileful to minister the Word of God. I believe in just preaching it like it is, living it like it is. Let your life be an open book. Let the world see Christ in you. Hallelujah. It's time to pull off the shroud. It's time to pull off the guile. It's time to lay it down and say we're marching on to victory. Praise God. I'm sick of the guile that the devil is trying to inject in hearts. And we're going to bury it today. Praise God. And hypocrisies. Come on, brother. And bring us this old stone of hypocrisy. Amen. Stack it up there, Brother Becton. Y'all ever heard of hypocrites? The Bible says their hope shall perish. You know what a hypocrite is? It's just simply somebody acting like that they have got something when they don't have it. And the only fellow that's fooled in hypocrisy is a hypocrite. Amen. He thinks he's got everybody else food and everybody else knows what he is. Amen. You're a dummy if you think you're fooling the church and you're fooling the preacher. Now, I'm not very hard to fool. Amen. And I'm honest. Some people discern every time somebody's hair crosses, but I ain't got that much discernment. I'm easy to fool. But you know, I got a, I got a powerful... Detector. I don't know how it is. You know, you can spot a hypocrite a mile. Amen. Just putting on. Just, you know. Amen. You know, preaching, walk into church and just discern something just in a minute. Just, oh, somebody just a shouting and a jumping and a running. They look over to the pastor and say, who's that old hypocrite? Well, I thought I was fooling you, brother. No, you're not fooling me. Brother Timothy Creel come preach for me years ago. I won't tell you where I was at. He got up and he was preaching. Of course, you know how he is. He's all right. And he just says what he feels and thinks. And he got up and he looked around everybody and he said, I discern y'all just had an evangelist y'all don't like and y'all kind of scared of me. 
And I hadn't told him a thing. That's exactly what happened. We'd had a guy preach for us and didn't nobody like him. My God, I don't know what's wrong with people. They just categorize preachers, you know, and all of that. But he picked that up. And let me tell you something, friend. God knows and His people knows when you're playing the part of a hypocrite. And let's don't play act today. Let's don't make out like we're something. Let's really be genuine today. Praise God. Let's, let's bury any hypocrisy, anything that we're trying to fool God with or anybody else with. God knows where you're at today and He wants to talk to your heart about being true blue on the inside. Amen. I'll never forget years ago, I was pastoring in Columbus, Indiana, and when you come in the front door of the church, there's two, two big glass doors. And you walk in the front and just to the right, was my office. wasn't a real big office, but uh, I was. That was my study and office right at the front door of the church. I'd been pastoring there for for a good while, and uh, precious people. And so one morning I was at church early. I was studying and reading and praying, getting ready for Sunday school. All of a sudden, the door opened. <clears throat> Didn't knock. The door just opened, and I was sort of startled for a minute. A fellow come walking in, eighty-five year old man. In the church. Precious brother. My, I loved him and he was just the finest old brother you ever saw. And he sat down in a chair. I was sitting over behind my desk and he sat down here like Brother Tenning. He was 85 and I was about 30. He said, lock the door, son. I said, what? He said, lock the door, boy. I said, well, what for? He said, I'm fixing to go to the pen. Lock the door. This is on Sunday morning. 9.30. I said, well... What's the matter? And I went up, got over, and I turned the deadbolt, you know. My God, we don't want any boogers getting us in here. Amen. Maybe I'm going with him. I didn't know. I thought he might be going to shoot me so he could get to the pen. I locked the door. I said, what's the matter, brother? He said, oh. He started crying. He said, I'm going to the pen. He said, it's all over for me. I said, what's wrong? He said, well, you've been a-preaching it straight, had you? I said, I've been trying to. Why? What's this got to do with it? Oh, he said, you got me under conviction. He said, you've been preaching about being honest and, and paying your bills and all this kind of stuff. And he said, oh, I'm going to the pen. It's all over. It's the last time I'll be here. I said, well, what in the name of God's wrong with you, fella? He said, well, the first thing, it don't amount to much. He said, doctor, operate on me for a cataract and put my eye out. Owe him $150. And I, I wouldn't pay him, but he said, I decided I'm going to pay him. So he said, that one's easy to take care of. But he said, here's my problem, brother. He said, I'm 85 years old. And he said, I'm going to the pen. And besides that, I'm going to hell if I don't get straight. I said, what in the world is wrong, brother? He said, well, let me tell you what happened. And he said, you tell me what to do. He said, 40 years ago in the Depression, he said, I lost my job. My wife lost her job. <clears throat> said, we couldn't buy a bag nor borrow a job in the Depression. And he said, I was in the church then. said, I had the Holy Ghost. And he said, I, I set my house on fire and I burned it up. And he said, I collected $700 from the insurance company. And he said, it has bothered me for 40 years. And he said, your preaching has made it worse. And he said, i got to do something. He said, I'm ready to go to the pen. said, I want to go to heaven. I said, well... I said, I imagine they out of business. He said, no, that's a problem. Said the same company's in business in town right now. I said, well, we do have a problem. He said, what am I going to do? Eighty-five years old. Can you imagine acting for 40 years 
How many altar calls you got to go through and how many, how many nights you wake up and turn over on that $700? My God, have mercy. And he had money, but he didn't want to face the music. I said, well, you're going to have to make it right. He said, I'll do anything you tell me to do. Well, that put me on the spot. You know what? One of the main saints goes to pen, burning his house up 40 years ago. That's a name, you know. I said, let me check on it tomorrow. Give me the name of the insurance company. Make a long story short. I went down to the insurance company and I explained the situation. Didn't tell him the man's name. I said, now, unless you force me, I don't want to tell you this man's name. But I'd, I'd like to protect his identity. But I said, he's an old man. He's 85. And I said, God's got a hold of his heart. I told the insurance company man, uh, the insurance man this. And I said, he wants to be saved. And I said, I want to help him be saved. And I think you do, don't you? He said, yes, sir. He said, I think that's good. He said, first of all, Reverend, he said, we can't prosecute him. I said, well, that keeps him out of the pen. That helps his worry. But he said, I think he ought to do something, don't you, to make it right? Boy, my mind started working good then. I said, yes, sir, I think he does. He said, what do you think he ought to do, Reverend? I said, I'll tell you what I think he ought to do. He said, what's that? I said, I think he ought to give $700 to the building fund, and y'all forgive him. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, that sounds good, buddy. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, I'll get the church. If he'll give it to me now, I'll get the church secretary to write you a letter and confirm that the money went to the building fund. I said, is that fair enough for the insurance company? And y'all will forgive him, and it'll all be clear. He said, yes, sir. I got in my car and drove to the old man's house and told him what me and the insurance company had talked about. He said, get in the car, boy. I said, where are we going? He said, we're going to the bank. I got in the car. We, we went down to the bank. He went inside. He said, sit right here, son. I'll be right back. I said, all right. He went inside, come back in a few minutes, got in old and feeble, got in, slid up beside me, reached in his pocket, and he pulled out seven $100 bills, brand new, and he counted them off. One, two. Didn't think about no interest at the minute when I was talking to the man. Forty years on that to help us. <laughs> counted them off. Seven $100 bills. He reached up and he wiped his old wrinkled head. He said, Phew. I feel better than I've felt in 40 years. Hallelujah. Bless God, he buried that old stone of hypocrisy. I'm ready to go now, he said. 85 years old. I'm ready to go if Jesus comes or if I die. Hallelujah. Brother, it's time to get some things under the blood and say we're ready to go if Jesus comes. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Don't you want to get rid of everything that might hinder you today? My Lord, there's some things that hinders you along the road of life. Amen. We need to get rid of that. Praise God. And then, you know what this apostle told us? He said, now laying all of this stuff aside, you just, you're just fixing to lay it down and say, that's it. I'm through with it. Now we have laid aside malice. We have laid aside guile. We have laid aside hypocrisies. Let's lay aside some envies. Praise God. Let's bury that old stone of envy. I envy your suit. I envy your car. I envy your black hair. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I just envy you. You just got it and I ain't. Amen.
Oh, God save us. It's so sickening when two women wear the same color dress to church and bought it at the same place that they can't sit on the same side of the building together. Amen. I just envy you. My God, you knew I was buying this. Why did you buy one like it? Oh, God, save us from that feeling of displeasure at the advantage of others. you got a better car than I've got, a better house than I've got. I don't care if you come in a Rolls Royce or you rode a sweet gum stick horse to church and got it tied to a rail. Why don't you come to praise God and love God and get all the envy out of your heart? Praise God. Praise God. We're going to lay it all aside. We're crossing over Jordan now. Hallelujah. We've had 40 years of this junk. It's time to get rid of it now. Thank God we got Jordan stacked up. Why don't you come today and say, I'm going to bury it, Brother Coon. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to get rid of it. And then he said, lay aside all evil speakings. Oh, hallelujah be to God. All of them. All. Everybody say all. All evil speakings. For the chance said I was meddling. We won't put up with a cigarette smoker five minutes and we put up with gossips 40 years. Now I might say something else about it. I don't believe in much damage as colored televisions have. Y'all know what I mean? Do I have to interpret that? Now, don't y'all go and say he believes in me having a TV but not a telephone. I didn't say that. I'm just, I'm just telling you what these telephones do. Amen. Evil speakings, backbiting, slander. You know, Paul said in Colossians 3 and 8, he said, Let no filthy communication proceed out of your mouth. In Ephesians, he said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. God, help us today to have words that speak truth, tongues that speak truth. Hallelujah. Let me digress just a minute to tell you something. And, and, and all of you preachers and saints, examine this for a minute before you censure what I'm saying. And that is this, that blaspheming the Holy Ghost is a sin of the tongue. Amen. Jesus said if you speak against the Holy Ghost... It's not going to be forgiven you in this world or in the world it is to come. You study blaspheme in the Holy Ghost. It's a sin of the tongue. Of course, it originates in the heart and in the mind. But let me tell you something else. Instead of having a tongue that blasphemes the Holy Ghost, instead of having a tongue that criticizes your neighbor, criticizes your pastor, I told somebody said that I was sitting by in the early morning Bible class, Brother Glass, I said, I wish he was teaching that in my time instead of me teaching today. Brother, you talking about teach. That man told us some things this morning. Amen. Oh, God, save us from having a tongue that criticizes and, and belittles and cuts down and destroys. Why don't you use that tongue to praise God with, to witness with, to testify with, and to give glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Some people, they've quit cussing, but they just barely have quit. They just barely. Amen. All this old slang people use. Hallelujah. Kids, no. Now, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not, 
God forbid, I'm not up here telling you I'm super spiritual, super holy. I put on my pants one leg at a time this morning and yesterday too. And, uh, you know, I'm just like you. But all this old junk. I, I, I used to have a terrible habit. Everything I did, I said, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you. Now, I'm not on your case today, okay? I'm just telling you about this coon. Okay? I'm Brother Shawweed to you Frenchman. Okay? Amen. Old Brother Dexter Russian come to Shady Grove one day. Y'all remember Brother Dexter Russian? Oh, my Lord. Yes, sir. He didn't come with anything but a curry comb and a wire brush. Amen. And he said, I want to tell you folks something. I was a little old boy, you know, sitting there on the front seat. I just wanted to, I just like a little bird with its mouth open. Just anything you want to tell me, I'm going to try it, brother. And he said, now all you saints sitting out there saying, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you. He said, you're doing one of two things. He said, you're either lying or you're gambling. He said, if you say, I bet you, and you don't, you're lying. He said, if you bet and you do bet, said, you're gambling. And said, both of them's a sin. You're going to hell for both of them. Oh, there went my little betchy. Hmm. And you know, I didn't get over that overnight. But I tell you what, I quit betting. I started guaranteeing everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I don't bet you nothing, but I guarantee you a whole bunch of junk. Amen. I don't know if there's any difference, but I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you something here today. Me and the betters all may be going to the pit. I don't know, but I hope not. I sure want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell over guaranteeing nothing or betting on it either. Yes, sir. You know, uh, there's a lot of nice words for bad words. You know, we say people passed away instead of saying died. Euphemisms, they're called. Nice words for bad words. Now, I hate to even spell them, say them, anything. But you know what the word H-E-C-K means? It means H-E-L-L. You know what the word G-E-E means? It means Jesus in a derogatory sense. You know what D-A-N-G and D-A-R-N means? It means D-A-M-N. Nice little words for some bad words. And you can't cuss them, but you'll sure bless them out. Hallelujah. We got Jordan stacked up. I hope it don't flood here before I get through. <laughs> It come a-rolling in here yesterday. Amen. Praise God. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost-filled people today now. Glory. If you're visiting, if you're a sinner, you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you, if you just come along to see what we're doing, I'm not preaching to you. I love you, all of that, but this, this is not for you. Amen. I'm honest. I'm not I'm trying to sound smart, but I'm talking to us today. You know, we have a few kitchen conferences at our house. You know what I mean? Y'all ever have any of them or you just have them before the whole world? Some people do, you know. I went to preach at a church one time and I was, I was preaching and, and uh, I was standing up on the platform. I'd finished preaching. All of a sudden I heard a little commotion back in the back and I looked up and some people were standing back and I could tell they was in a fuss. You can feel them old spirits, you know, they was in a fuss. All of a sudden a lady went marching out of the crowd. She stomped down the aisle. She went out the front door and I heard her say when she slammed the front door and rattled the chains and the windows and the platform and everything else, I'll just go home and take the humble side in this. Boy, that impressed me with her humility. 
Oh, God, I don't want to be humble like that. Amen. Evil speakings. Hallelujah. Now, this is the way I preach at Gina. Is it all right for me to preach this way at camp meeting? Bearing some stones. Hallelujah be to God. And then he went on to say, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. Now, there are several things in Ephesians and in Colossians, Ephesians chapter 4 and Colossians chapter 3, that um, overlap and interrelate with what I'm talking to you about today. But in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22, Paul says that we are to put off. Now, notice we're still putting off some things. And we're laying aside some things. He said, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Everybody say old man. Now, that doesn't mean these 16, 17, and 80-year-old people that was up here today that we're going to put them off. No, that's not, that's not talking about old age and all of that stuff. But uh, Philip's translation says, it's the dirty clothes of the old way of living. And we're going to lay it aside. Come on, old man. Hallelujah. Young man, here's one of the elders of Israel. And he says, you know, we've been, we've been walking in that old man back over yonder all of these years. We're fixing to bury him in the Jordan River. Praise God. God help us today to bury the old man with all of the affections, with his, with the corruption, with the deceit. Thank God and to be renewed in the spirit of our mind today. Hallelujah. I don't want to go back to that old way of living. I don't want to live like they lived and wandering in the wilderness. This is a new day. Hallelujah be to God. We're going to bury the old man. We're going to put on the new. And we're going to start a new trek for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to blaze new trails. We're getting ready to discover new frontiers. Glory to God. And it's time to bury the old man with the corruption and the hypocrisy and all of the things that go with it. Praise God. And then, he said in verse 25, he said, Wherefore, putting away lying. Everybody say lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Amen. We're going to get rid of this old lying spirit that, that goes along sometimes in people's lives. Amen. Anybody here ever read old brother B.E. Eccles' book, The Most Common and Damnable Sin, The Sin of Lying? I read part of it and got condemned, never did finish it. <laughs> My Lord! He had you lying when you was telling the truth almost. Huh. Old Bishop Tyson used to say, said, My God said, you've been a lying since you was born. I said, Well, have I been lying since I was born? He said, when you was a little old baby and you was a laying there in that crib and said you cried and you squalled and you kicked. He said, what's nothing wrong with you? Said you was a lion. Said when your mama picked you up, said you hush your mouth. Said, I'm telling you, you've been a lion ever since you was born. And he said, some of you still a lion. Hallelujah. God save us from the spirit of lying. Amen. I want to speak the truth in love today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let me hurry. Glory to God. In verse 31, now, he says, these things are to be put away from you. All right, in verse 31, and he says, the first one that's to be put away from us is bitterness. Come on with that old rock of bitterness, Brother Tally. My, my, let's get rid of any spirit of bitterness that may transpire in our lives. Listen to me, friend. 
If you've never been troubled by bitterness, if you've never been pushed to the brink of bitterness, you ain't never preached, I'll tell you that, for one thing. And you hadn't lived very long, or somebody's going to push you up to the brink of bitterness. Amen. But God save us, regardless of what happens to us in life, that we can be sweet, we can be kind, we can be holy, we can be loving, and we can get rid of every spirit of bitterness that may destroy our soul and keep us from loving God. Amen. If you're sitting up in your church pouting while your preacher's preaching, sold up, mad, sitting on the end of the pew, giving two cents in the offering just to show up you don't have to do anything, you need to bury that stone of bitterness. Praise God. You shout when the evangelist comes and you can't say amen when the preacher preaches, your pastor preaches. God help us. You need to walk down in Jordan and take that old stone of bitterness and say I've stood it as long as I can stand it. I'm tired of this bad feeling. I'm tired of this dirty dog hounding me. I'm fixing to pile it up in this river. I'm going to leave it behind and I'm going to walk with God and be sweet in my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You mind if I read my letter? Well, I wasn't planning on it, but I. Let me see if I got it. Yeah, I got it. This is my letter. I got one in my Bible. And I got one in my safety deposit box. You say, Oh, you're lying? I'm not. I looked in it the other day. I got it in there. I got it in an envelope. Got on there a letter for old age. This is my letter. I decided I'd write it to me while I was young. So I wrote myself a letter. And somebody's supposed to bring it to me when I get old. I'm going to give Brother Tenney the key to my safety deposit box to the Bank of Gina. And I want you to bring me my letter. And I'm going to put it up on the mirror in the old folks' home. And I'm going to read it. And if I can't read it, I'm going to have the nurse read it to me. Amen. I'm talking about bitterness. Well, Crawford, here you are. Old and worn from the struggles, burdens, and ministry you've been involved in. You've lived life to the fullest in God's kingdom. Financial blessings were yours along with good health and abundant energy. Fellowship with the greatest, finest, and best of people were your lot. Comforts, conveniences, cars, clothes, and plenty of food were given you from the hand of God. You ministered in hundreds of pulpits, was gloriously anointed and inspired to bless others and feed the flock of God. Your wife was the greatest, and that's the lady that stood up here today, bestowing undying love upon you. I like this. Bringing coffee to bed each morning, serving you with a smile, some of the finest meals ever prepared. You fathered two healthy, normal children, I guess in normal, that God saved and blessed. You had a warm house in winter, cool in summer, with a king-sized bed to rest your weary body after a long day's work. Now remember, I'm laying up on one of them single beds in the nursing home now. Innumerable blessings beyond comprehension, too numerous to write here were yours in life. Now, not because of lack of love or care, age has taken its toll. In spite of your thoughts, you're somewhat forgetful. A little ornery, perhaps contrary. You had your day, now give the youth theirs. Don't belittle them and wonder what they're coming to. You already know they're going to get old just like you. Keep loving preachers and preaching. You won't do it, they won't do it like you did, but it'll still be good. 
When the pastor or company comes, spare them the cute remarks such as, I thought you had resigned or figured you had forgotten me or I just knew you had died. Rather express gratitude for their coming. Don't expect them to stay long. Remember how busy you used to be? Spare them your ailments, the size of pills you take, the burning under your shoulder and how stiff your old hip bone is. Smile, compliment your guests, say a good word, encourage them to carry on. Don't preach, just give them a text and tell them to think about it. Brag on the kids, give them a piece of candy. Oh yeah, never tell them how bad kids are, spoil, need a beating, ought to have been raised like me. Heaven is near, keep the lilt in life, go out with triumph. Till then, bathe each day, put on a little deodorant, dress up and smile, smile, smile through your tears, aches and pains. You're loved, you're not forgotten, neither are you alone. Spread cheer, never get bitter, think of the glorious future before you as you behold the future and reflect on the past. Grin, just think of where your got up and go has been. Praise God, I'm going to read that every day when I get old. You know why? I'm bearing that stone of bitterness. Praise God. I don't want to get old and crouchy and mean and hateful and ornery and nobody likes me. Bless God, I want to go out of here with a smile. I want to go out of here sweet. I want to go out of here kind. I want to go out of here loving God. And so I've got to bury that stone of bitterness if it's going to happen in my life. Praise God. You say, well, you're already crazy. I run into a few folks. I wish I'd have wrote them a letter. Hallelujah! Y'all know what I mean. Bitterness, my Lord. Some people, I think their gallbladder bursted. It just a constant fountain. Bitter, 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 bitter. Gall, bitter at your husband, bitter at your wife, fussing, arguing, fight all the time. Bitter, bitter, bitter. I remember your Aunt Levice, what she told my mama just before she died. I'll never forget it, and I ain't going to let you forget it. Bitter, 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 bitter. God save us. You got seven acres out of Daddy's old place, and I never got but six and a half. I ain't got over it yet. Probably never will. You got two-thirds of the pond, and I didn't get but a third. I'm telling you, I wanted Mama's old shawl so bad, I'd have died for it. And you got it, and you don't have any use for it. Oh, God. Bitter, 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 bitter. When are you going to forget the past? When are you going to forget what you got cheated out of? When are you going to forget you got fired? When are you going to forget you got run off from a church? When are you going to forget you was in the PAW? When are you going to forget that something bad happened to you? Praise God. Why don't you thank God for the sunshine in your life today? Why don't you thank God for the blessings of today? Glory to God. Let's bury the spirit of bitterness today and say, I love God. I love the church. I love my pastor. I love my family. I'm excited about it. I love the campground. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, I ain't never got over you letting me preach several years ago. Oh, God, save us from that. When I used to be qualified to preach camp meetings, they wouldn't let me. Oh, help me, God. And now I don't have any business being up here, and here I am. But I didn't get better over it. I probably wouldn't be here today. I'd be off a of fishing somewhere. Saying, Blah, I'm up there on that campground. I ain't got no time for that. Mm. Save me, Lord. Knock me in the head before I get there. Oh, I'm honest. Honest to God. Let me just die. Turn my toes up. 
I don't want to be bitter. Do y'all? Thank God. Everybody smile. Hallelujah. Thank God. Bitter, bitter, bitter. Brother, they had some of it back there. They needed to bury some of it. Amen. Well, let's hurry here. I'm about to get sidetracked. And then he said to put away from you wrath. Come on, let's bury that old wrathful stone here. Now, we, we got these 12 elders of Israel here. Boy, that's not very big for, for what it's supposed to represent, is it? Oh, brother, wrath. Yes, sir. Hot anger, hatred, passion. My, let me hurry on here so we can get all this stuff buried before the Lord comes. Dinner gets here. Amen. If the if Jordan don't overcome us, hunger will. So we got to move on. Amen. And he said, then let's put away all anger. Come on, brother, let's bear this anger. Brother Bushnell, praise God. I don't believe you've got an angry bone in you. Amen. Bless his heart, good man of God. But some people are mad. They have never got over being mad. They got mad 40 years ago and hadn't got over it yet, I don't think. Anger. Oh, that abiding condition in your mind that just says, I'm mad about something. I want to take revenge. I'm angry about something. I can't get over something. God save us from the spirit of anger today. Amen. Amen. I could preach about all of these for a long time, but let me hurry. And then he said, let's bury that stone of clamor. C-L-A-M-O-U-R. Come on, Brother Vanover. Let's bury that clamoring. You know what clamoring is? It just means an uproar, a tumult, controversy all the time. You ever been in the middle of anything like that? My God, me too. Yes, sir. Oh, some people just always are stirring something. I said years ago, any old mud hole will clear up if you'll leave it alone. But some people's always got their foot in the mud hole of stirring it up. Have you ever been hunting and come up on the prettiest, clearest mud hole? Now, come on, you, you ever been doing that? Come up on the prettiest, clearest mud hole. You know what I like to do? Now, I'm honest now. None of y'all don't do this, but I do. I like to sit down there and stick my toe over in it. And just, not much, just a little bit. And you know what happens? It just like a cloud starts rolling in there. And I sit there and I watch that cloud just roll up. I say, boy, another kick and I'll get another cloud. And so I kick it again. And it starts rolling. After a while, I can't make no more clouds. It's getting some muddy. So I just stick my foot over in there and I just... Mm-hmm. And boy, crawfish grow, go blind in that. It's so, so muddy. Amen. Just stirring it up. I believe some people delight in clamor. Always an uproar. Fuss. Amen. They can't live without a fuss. Amen. Fuss with their husband and wife. Somebody come talk to me not long ago. Well, it's been a little while ago now. I said, I wish you'd go talk to mom and daddy. Said, they fuss all the time. I said, how long have they been fussing? They said, ever since I can remember. I said, forget it. I'm not talking to them. They said, well, why, Brother Coon? You're our pastor, and, and I believe you could help them. I said, oh, no, not on your life. They've been fussing all this time. They're not going to stop if I go tell them. Amen. They like clamor. I said, you know what they do? They communicate with a fuss. That's their means of communication. They don't know how to be sweet. They, they lost the manual, Brother Johnson was preaching about last night. <laughs> the 
or tore some pages out of it or something. I don't know what to do. Oh, God, help us. That clamoring all the time. Oh, hallelujah. I don't like that in church. I don't like that at the house. Amen. I don't like it anywhere. Now, all of us clamor a little bit every once in a while. It wouldn't be much of a bail if you didn't have a clapper in it. But uh, you don't have to ring it all the time, bless God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give us a little peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clamoring. We're going to bury this old feeling of clamoring all the time. I just like a fuss. I just like the preacher to fuss with me. I just like for the preacher to get up and take it out on me. I'm going to tell you something, buddy. I can preach in a library. You can sit there sold up all you want to. It don't bother me. I can preach over all of that mess. I ain't going to fuss with you. I'm going to preach to the good ones and shout and sing and have a good time. Praise God. Praise God. That doesn't bother me an ounce. Got the victory over that a long time ago. You're just aggravating yourself more than you are anybody else. Ain't going to give me all certain, not me. I ain't going to spend nine days fasting for you. You wouldn't do no good. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Now, I'll fast and pray for them sinners, but you just sat there sold up for 20 years. And I'm not going hungry for that disease. You better go, you better get hungry yourself. Say, God, save me from this clamoring, this fussing. It's quarreling. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. There's some things you need to focus your prayer and fasting on. But some stuff you need to forget it. Just ignore it. My God, everybody needs a big ignore. That's the healthiest thing you could grow is a big ignore. Ignore what people say. Ignore how people look at you. Amen. Ignore what other people, what you think other people's thinking. Ignore all of that stuff and say, I'm not going to church to clamor. I'm not going to church to fuss. I'm not going to church to see who's there. I'm not going to church to see what they're wearing. I'm going to praise God and live in a peace and a joy and a happiness in the kingdom of God. It's not my message today, but it's a message. The Bible said the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I want to tell you something. You can't have a revival in a fussing church. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. The fruit of righteousness won't grow in a fuss. Brother Tenney said in his last letter to the, to the preachers that cream won't rise when you stir in milk. It won't. It sure won't. Well, say, well, why don't you preach something relevant? We're not milking cows. This is relevant. Amen. A lot of mud holes. A lot of, a lot of clamoring going on. Fussing. My God, criticizing. You're just cutting everybody apart. That crazy preaching you're doing. I don't like that, Brother Coon. I don't like this. I don't like that. Born with a big old disliker. And you don't like nothing. You don't like what they serve you in the restaurant? Don't like yourself, you don't like your wife, and you picked her out. I wonder why people get to doubt in their judgment so much about 20, 30 years down the road. You know what I mean? I guess y'all do, don't you? I can explain it to you from the manual if you don't. <laughs> oh, God help us. Clamor, 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 clamor. Why don't you let your clapper just hang loose for a while? And why don't you just go to church and praise God?
Hallelujah. Thank God. Now, you know good and well, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, you know, y'all forgive me now. This, this, I may be like Brother Ike Terry. Now, this may be my last time. I'm going to tell you what. If you've been watching me for years, I've been up here in the middle of the visitor seats, you know, missionaries and all that junk. I get me a seat. I get right up here in the front. You know why? I'm going to sit up in the front if I have to sit up here on the floor. I'm not sitting back there watching y'all slap all them young'uns and write checks and pay bills and put them sticks in your hair and all that stuff. Not me. No. I come to church to have church. I come to church to get something out of it. I didn't come to criticize. Didn't come to see what anybody was wearing, what anybody was saying, what anybody was doing. I want to hear somebody preach to me. I need to be preached to. I need to hear the Word of God. I'm not beyond that. And I'll never get beyond that. Praise God. God, help us to not be clamoring over things that don't amount to anything. My God, we strain at gnats and swallow camels. I had a lady in the church had an illegitimate child one time, and she just jumped all over me because somebody in the choir had powder on their face. Strain at gnats. Nothing wrong with my fornication, but you better get that powder off of them people's face or they're going straight to hell. Some people swallow a camel tail, hoofs, hide and all, and never miss a lick. But a little old gnat, they just gag and spit and chew and fuss and clamor and boil and, and bicker and fuss and... You know. Hallelujah. Making mountains out of molehills, big old stuff out of nothing. I'm going to tell you what you find. You find exactly what you're looking for. You come to church looking for something wrong. There's enough wrong on this campground to send you and everybody else to hell if that's what you're looking for. But there's enough going on here to save everybody if that's what you're looking for. Hallelujah. And I come looking for salvation. I come looking for something good out of this meeting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You ain't going to get it out there to stand jawing around under one of them oak trees. I done been through that garbage. It won't help you. It won't save you. It won't edify you. It won't justify you. Get in the church. Get in the house of God. And let's love what's going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all pray for them folks at Gina. They have put up with this all the time. And they're precious people. I'm telling you. I didn't ask them to, but they fasted and prayed two or three days for me. They knew I needed it. They knew y'all was going to need it too. <laughs> Hallelujah. No. You know, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm the happiest coon you ever seen. I'm honest to God. I'm just... My mama used to say I'm as happy as a dead pig in sunshine. Now, I don't know what that means, but... Boy, whatever it means, that's where I'm at. Amen. We, we bear in this mess today. Thank God. I wish it was that easy. I'm honest. I wish it was that easy. I wish everything was wrong with me was in a rock. And I could take it up here and lay it on this altar. But you know where it bothers me is up here between my ears and this old gray head of mine. Same place it bothers you. I wish it was that easy to just come lay it up here. But you know, I preach to people, take your troubles to the altar and leave it there. But my Lord, I've had to go back a bunch of times with the same old problem. But you know what? I kept going until I got the victory over it. 
That's what I plan to do with the rest of them that come along. Just keep going until I get the victory. Praise God. Putting away some things. Praise God. And then he says that uh, we need to put away from us, and, and I'm skipping some things here because of the overlapping. Paul mentions some of these things more than once in Colossians and in Ephesians. And then uh, he mentions it some more. Uh, the Apostle Peter mentions it some more. But in the same confines and con- context of his writings in Colossians 3 and 8, he says, And now ye also put off all these. Now these are some I've already mentioned. Anger, wrath, malice, filter communication. He covered that in another spot. But he brought out another one here. And it was blasphemy. Let's bury that old stone of blasphemy. Praise God. And uh, let's, let's get rid of that spirit, that defamatory speech against man and against God. Let's bury these things so that they will never, never, never bother us again. We're going to pile it up in the Jordan River. All of you Israelites, you see this? We're taking these stones from on the other side of Jordan where we've been walking around, griping and complaining, and we're going to bury them. Praise God. In a few minutes, the Jordan River is going to come rolling down, and this is going to be buried forever in the past. Thank God. Brother, listen to me. There's no use in laying these kind of stones on the bank where you can go back and get them. Let's bury them for once and for all. Let's get rid of the Spirit. Let's get rid of the thing that bothers us and say it's gone. Praise God. I'm leaving it behind. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't listen to, and again, I'm not so holy, but I don't listen to all of this junk they call music nowadays. As Brother Tenney calls it, especially that musical pornography. Now I'm not so not so far out till I don't I use a radio to wake me up. And it comes on and bless your heart. It'll get you up. My I never heard such calamity Jane in all my life. All that mess. You know, some of the stuff they call music, I wonder about. Some of it at church I wonder about. You know, I can't sing. And Brother Tindy, you didn't fool us when you had Brother Merle up there either. I can't sing. I can't play anything. But you know, when I was a kid in school, my grandma bought me a trombone. And I played I played in the band a couple of years. And I didn't go to any ball games or anything. I just played in the band. I wanted to learn how to play that trombone. And we lived way out in the country. We had hogs, dogs, horses, cats, cows, chickens. We had the whole nine yards. We lived right out there in the middle of them. And uh, I didn't know anything about a trombone. I just saw them playing that thing that you slid way out there. And it go... And I said, boy, I'd like to play one of them. You know, it looks pretty intelligent and pretty dignified. I want to play that. So my grandma bought me a trombone. I didn't know straight up from sideways about it. But I had me a trombone. And I'll never forget, I took it out on the front porch at the house. We had cows out in the lot and horses out there. Dogs live way out in the country. They never heard a train. They never heard a, they never heard a fire engine. They never heard nothing in all of their life. And I got that trombone case and I unfolded. I was about 15, 14, 15. Got that thing out and screwed it all together. And I said, well, I'm going to try this out, see if I can play it. I got out on the front porch, and boy, I let down on it. I'm telling you, the horses started running. 
the cows started lowing, the chickens started cackling, the roosters crowing, the dogs run under the house, the cats went <laughs> My God, you're talking about a mess. They like to tore all the fences down and everything else. But you know, they finally come home. But I just wonder if they heard some of this stuff we hear now, if they'd ever come back or not. Hallelujah. Does anybody know what I might be talking about? And he spake unto them in a parable. Hallelujah. I can't play a trombone to this day, but we got all our cows and horses and dogs and cats back. Thank God. And I give up the trombone playing. Aren't you glad I did? Amen. I'll tell you what, we've had a lot of improvements in a lot of things. We've come a long ways. Thank God for it. You don't have to sing like I like. You don't have to play like I like. But you know what I'm talking about. Some stuff is so beyond me. You know, I'm a nod my head, but I don't know what I'm nodding my head to. And I'm patting, but I don't know what I'm patting about. But, you know, I just want to praise God. I want to stay with it. Hallelujah. I can handle all of that. But God, help us today to bury some things and to get rid of some things that may be bothering us. And I, I, I got sidetracked. I was going to tell you this. I got sidetracked on my trombone there. <laughs> I was going to tell you I didn't listen to all that kind of junk. But my kids told me. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do give you an education. Now, I know. Ain't none of y'all ever raised two coons. Now, don't tell me how. Male and female. My kids told me they got a song on the radio called Digging Up Bones. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know nothing about it. Honest to God, I don't, know, I don't know a thing about it. But it's called Digging Up Bones. And what it's about is digging up stuff that's buried and stuff in the past. You know, some people, they get in an argument and they go back to way back when they was courting. Digging up bones. Now, I don't know. I don't know how the song goes, but that's that's some people's theme song. Digging up bones. Digging up bones. Digging up bones. Digging up bones. I want to tell you the history of our church. I I really don't care about it. Let me tell you when we started, Brother Timmy. Would you like to know about this? No, my God, that's 14 pastors ago, and I don't care about hearing it. But we got to dig up a few bones. Digging up bones. Digging up bones. God save us from digging up bones at church, at the house, or anywhere else. Praise God. You know what we're fixing to do? We're fixing to bury this mess, and we're fixing to get rid of it. And when you come back looking at the Jordan River, you're going to say, I don't know where it's at, but thank God my sins are gone. It's harvest time. I'm telling you, the banks of revival are overflowing. This is a new generation. Praise God. It's time for the young people. It's time for the old people to bury everything and say we're going on with God. We're not going to let this mess hang on with us all of our life. We're getting rid of it. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something, friend. We need a real apostolic burying of some things. Hallelujah. In the Jordan River. You know, I was reading about old Jacob, and he was going back to Bethel to the house of God. And you know what they did? They buried their earrings. They buried their idol gods. Under the oak at Shechem, praise God. I'm going to tell you what. I wish I could dig a hole from, for some of this jewelry I'm seeing nowadays and some of this mess I'm seeing. We need a big hole to bury some of that in. Praise God. I'm not going to split hairs with anybody. If you want to wear a wedding ring to my church, that's fine. That's not going to offend me an ounce. But you don't need 14 on for me to know you married. 
Hallelujah. Or one as big as the end of my thumb for me to know that you got married. I can tell that you look like you're 50 years old or 60. Seven or eight young ones hanging on your hip. My Lord, save us from all of that junk. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. I ain't never had no luck with people putting sheets over the television or putting them in the closet. The only luck I've ever had is get rid of that mess. Get rid of some things out of your life and say it's going to be gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all want me to preach about crossing Jordan a little bit? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, glory. It's kind of old-fashioned. But this is all I've ever heard. Is it all right for me to say it? All right for me to talk about it? Thank God. Some women need to bear their scissors. Your long hair is still given to you for your glory. Some men need to dig up their scissors. Hallelujah. Now, I believe in buttons and zippers and all that on your clothes. I'm not saying all of that. I ain't going completely berserk. But God help us, saints. There's too many things that's creeping into our midst that is identifying us too much with the world. We need to cut some things off. We need to lay some things aside. We need to return to that old-time standard of holiness, that old-time spirit of revival, loving the old paths, seeking out the old way, and say we're going to bury this mess. Let it not be once named among us who's become a saints. Praise God. The loser. Louisiana district's going to be strong. We're going to be a holiness movement. We're going to be a revival movement. Praise God. We're not going to be ridiculous, but we're going to love God and we're going to walk with God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Some people need to bury their music and their filthy tapes. And all that kind of mess. Here it comes, the Jordan River. Praise God. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. Praise God. There goes the bitterness, the wrath, the strife, the hatred, the love of the world. It's all buried. I'm free in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to shout the victory. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to tell you something. It's time for you to quit blaming the preacher and quit blaming the superintendent for what's wrong and start doing what the superintendent says and what your pastor says and we won't have any problem. And that goes for me. Quit blaming the preacher for letting down. He's told you he'd rather you not have a television in your house. But you won't listen to him. Amen. He's not going to make a monkey out of himself and preach it every night. But listen to that man of God. Oh, hallelujah. And let's get the spirit of love for this message in our heart. Glory to God. Say we're going to bury the things of the past. Thank God. Somebody said, Brother Coon, anybody? Somebody in our church said, I understand we got some people in our church got TV. I said, we do. I ain't getting up here lying to you and tell you I've been successful. I hadn't. I got some that's got them. But I'll tell you something else. They don't watch nothing but the news. <laughs> that's right. 
I promise you. Now, you don't believe God's people lie, do you? That's all they watch. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you'd go to hell for watching the news. So that's, that's all they watch. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I guess I'm doing a little good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I should have waited till Friday to preach on this. But you know, I really felt this burn. Honest to God, saints. I'm just being honest with you today. I want to lay aside anything that's going to bother me. I don't know of nothing. I don't know of anything that I want to go to hell over. I really, really want to be saved. I'll tell you what. I've preached all over this district and all over other districts. Not, not every one of them, but several. I've never, I've never preached for a preacher that didn't want his church to be a holiness, God-fearing, God-loving, apostolic-looking church. Never preach for a one. Never preach for a one. Could I just say something to you? And I think you all know I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm just tickled as I can be. Hallelujah. If y'all...